Hi, I'm Mark Weinstein, and welcome back to this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. I trust you've been enjoying this season's episodes, including the program two weeks ago with Jody Patterson and last week with Coach Pat Estep and Jacob Drees when we talked about their trip to the Holy Land. Thanks for being a faithful listener. Even though my guest today has worked at Cedarville University for 46 years, you may only know him by the work that he does and the beauty he brings to campus. I'm talking about Paul Ware, the landscape planner who takes great interest in making the campus look beautiful with flowers. Paul has worked for four Cedarville presidents during his tenure, beginning with James T. Jeremiah. And in 2022, he was awarded the Distinguished Service Award by the university during homecoming. So let's go to my conversation today with Paul Ware on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thank you for joining me today. It's great to have you on the program. And when I saw you transforming a flower bed near uh, Tyler Digital Communication Center from annuals to mums a few weeks ago, I knew I needed to have you on the program. And we'll get to the topic of why momentarily. But for starters, as a non-Cedarville alumnus, how did you find yourself working at Cedarville? Well, I sent out 100 resumes and I got one back. Oh, so it was easy for you. <laughs> Pretty easy. So were you working at the time when you were looking for work or well, I was, wh- where were you in life? at th- th- That was quite a while ago. Yeah. Where were you in life at that time? Well, I used to be a high school teacher. What, what did you teach? I taught art. Okay. And I realized I couldn't do that for my whole life. Yeah. Going back to school. And I think I tried it one more year after that and I, w- I couldn't do it. So I think I was looking for a job. Okay. So... You said you went back to you went back to to school. So where did uh, what did you study in school, and where did you go? Did you go to John Brown? I went to John Brown and studied art there, and then um, I studied uh, some graduate education art at Illinois, and then I ended up uh, taking um, a lot of uh, grounds maintenance type horticulture type courses at Western Michigan. Okay, so though I didn't it, graduate from there, so your degrees are only from. John Brown. Yeah, right. That's the only degree. But, you know, I tell the students, I have a story. When I was going to Western, uh, I was married, had kids, and uh, I wanted to get out of there and get working. And uh, I had to, I think they wanted me to get eight hours of non-Western world history. And I thought, non-Western world history? I don't care about that. So I just walked out of there and I never went back. But I would have had a second bachelor's degree if I had taken those eight hours. Just that? That right. class. But still, that's not important until I tell you that my daughter has been part of a life, she and her husband have been lifelong missionaries to Asia. <laughs> so it might have helped if I would taken some non-Western world history. It might have helped, but maybe not, because <laughs> uh, you're still plugged into what your daughter and son-in-law are doing. So I no. mean, you, can, you can understand the culture from their perspective, right? Yeah, we've been there a number of times, but it just kind of tickles me. Yeah, that's funny. So I tell the students, I say, well, you know, I want to be careful. <laughs> be careful what you, what you say do. Say no to. <laughs> yeah, and say no to. So I watched your message from 2022 when you were given the Distinguished Service Award by Cedarville. And in that speech, you said a lot of things that were interesting. But one thing you said that caught my interest, first of all, was you said working in grounds at Cedarville is the best student job on campus. Now, that may be so, but I have to say that my student writers in public relations think working in public relations is the best job. So why do you think working in grounds is the best job for students? 
Well, you know, I asked them, and they said they've they heard that on campus. Yeah. They get to do a lot of stuff. We do all kinds what, of stuff. What do they do? Well, right now, it's not raining. So right now, the ones that work for me are watering. Okay. Almost exclusively. Yeah. And like last year, we planted, I think, almost, as a grounds department, almost 150 trees. And we're having to water those as well as the flowers. And so we're not getting much else done. So you're more than just flowers. You're grass and trees and anything that lives on campus that's not a human. That's well, what you deal with. Well, in our department, we've got non-recurring work, and uh, Evan Brown takes care of that. And, and then we have people that are in charge of lawns. Steve Prether is that. That would include applications and mowing. So you, you're not in charge of watering the grass then? No, but that's a big deal because of the new building and the sod, and they're right. putting in more right now. And then um, I pretty much have the small detail stuff. So I, I worry about trash and sticks and things that aren't quite right. I, but largely it's plant-oriented. Okay. So you mentioned trash. I'm going to get to the question about trash in a minute. But before I get there, um, speaking of the Distinguished Service Award that you were presented What did this honor mean to you when you learned that you were the recipient last year? I didn't, I had no idea what it was. I didn't know anything about it. Came out of the blue. It was very nice, very scary. I really don't want to go through it again. (laughs) What what, what was scary about all that? I got this. uh, Well, the president said, Well, you'll have to give your testimony in chapel. I thought, Well, I can do that. Right. And then I got this email from Sue Bikert. She says, uh, This long email about chapel speakers do this and that, you know, and she said, you'll have about 30, 35 minutes to talk, you know. I wrote her back. I said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm not speaking in chapel. I'm just giving my testimony. It's not going to take that long. And she said, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that was terrifying, but it um, is true that God can help you do some things you thought you'd never do. It's amazing. I look back and I like I told you when we started, I can't believe it. He helped me, made it possible. During your time at Cedarville, how you obviously you love working in grounds because you've do. done it for forty six years. I like to, um, I like visual beauty. It's really important for people that visit or drive by or live here uh, or want to support this school. It's really a rather big deal the way it looks. Well, so it's a. It's, it's a first impression. Yeah. Right? Right. You know, I don't know if you've heard the story before, but one of our recent graduates um, a year or two ago, Rufus Matthew, international student. Okay. Never been on campus before. How did he decide to come to Cedarville? He checked on the website and saw, as he said, beautiful pictures of a beautiful campus. And that really, that speaks to, I'll say, Scott Huck's work, mm-hmm. as well as your work and your team. When, when you know that, does that instill you to work harder or be more precise or whatever you do with, with grounds? <laughs> well, sometimes I, do, I go by something, I, I know it needs to be done, and I think, oh, I don't want to do that. And I think, well, the good groundsman would do that. <laughs> I, I don't want you to get the idea that I do the whole thing. I don't. Well, you uh, have help. I, I'm not in charge anymore. I was. Okay. I was for 28 years. Okay. But the present time, I'm not. Jeff Fulbert is in okay. charge. He's fairly new to the university and doing a very good job. I, I like to think of it as kind of like in the academic departments, you know, people kind of rotate around as right. chair. 
you can't work any place as long as you've worked here at Cedarville, Paul, without accumulating some really interesting stories. And you mentioned some uh, in your presentation in chapel. One story, I, I want to hear more of it, is and it deals with trash. Uh, you One day you uh, found what you thought was a, a dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. But it really wasn't. No. T- tell us what it was and, and the backstory of that story. I was picking trash, and I've done an awful lot of that. I do it. I'll do it this afternoon. Somebody else is doing it right now because I usually do it at one. <laughs> so just off the ground, not in the not in the can. Yeah, this was off the ground. Okay. And I looked down and I thought it was a one. Then I saw another zero. I thought it was a ten. Yeah. And then I picked it up and had two zeros. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. A hundred dollar bill. Yeah. So it just kind of showed me that you know guy can do whatever he wants anytime. It's exciting, <laughs> fun. And I tell people that you know if you've picked trash for forty years, then you're bound to find something good. Do you remember how you spent the hundred dollars? I didn't spend it. I gave it away. Okay. I knew that somebody else needed it, and I didn't need it. So to help our listeners better understand your role, you're not in charge of grounds. Not a, no. You, you you work in grounds. Right. Share with us the vast responsibilities that you do and the team that you work in. If we don't uh, water those flowers right now, and it hasn't rained much in the last couple of weeks, it hasn't. They're going to die, and it's a pretty big thing coming up this weekend. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so for our listeners, we're, we are recording this a few days before homecoming. Yeah. So by the time you hear this, uh, you know, homecoming is past. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a big weekend, and we want the campus to look nice. And when people come through or visit, you know, they have expectations, I would imagine. And uh, we want them to have a good time. I think people are surprised when they come to campus uh, for various reasons. One, I think— they're surprised with the beauty, which you're part of. But I think they're also surprised of the facilities we have. Oh, is yes. Is that your understanding? Yes, I think that's that's first. How has your job and how has the university, from your perspective, changed in the 46 years that you've worked here? Well, when I came, there were only a few buildings. There were Founders and uh, Tyler, which wasn't called Tyler, Williams, the library, mm. Maddox, and two little pieces of Lawler. I think that was it. It was a gravel driveway up from about where the end of the boulevard is. It was stone out toward uh, the west, uh, telephone poles along the side, just kind of like a campground, you know? Yeah. And that was it. It's very exciting. That's one of the reasons I like working instead of retiring it, to be part of this place. It's, you know, you're riding the crest of a very exciting thing that God is doing. And we all know that. We all feel that way, I think. Absolutely. We it's do. like you're just hanging on for dear life and it's going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So seeing the growth and seeing the energy and excitement on campus, yeah, seeing what the Lord's doing. Yeah, energy. That's a good good word. Does it, in a sense, does that tend to keep you feeling younger? Yeah. You forget. You forget. You're, you think you're part of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, if, if I could see myself, I'd realize I'm not. You know, but you can't. You're just part of this. So let's go back to being a landscape planner and you're working— and our grounds. When did you first get interested in, in landscaping and making grounds beautiful with flowers and plants? Was this something that was cultivated as a young boy, or where did this interest uh, develop? Well, actually, I told you I went to Western for this kind of thing, you know. One day, the uh, professor came to class. He put a book down on the table. He said, some of you guys might be interested in this. It was a book on grounds maintenance. Okay. I looked at, thing, at that thing, and I knew immediately, that's, I said, that's for me. It was just like that. You just knew it. Yeah. Opened that book and looked at it. I can picture the uh, classroom uh, in my mind now. Before you got into this 
What was your interest? In well, doing? I was interested in growing Teaching? things, plants, and of that nature, but I didn't have any specific idea. But I do remember that that day. So, as I mentioned in 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 the introduction, that the idea of having you on the you on the program came when I saw you. You were outside of Tyler, meticulously planning a bed where you're where you're putting mums in, which they are in today. Mm-hmm. And and what what I noticed was. You were measuring the distances between the mums, which I thought was interesting. Is that how you hone your craft by being meticulous and no. precise? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm working in public, you know, and there's a lot of people going by, a lot of smart people, a lot of gardeners, a lot of people. If it's if it doesn't look good, they're going to say, "Well, you would have thought they could have put that in a straight line," yeah, kind of thing. Right. And uh, the other thing that's really practical is is you're working under a little bit of pressure because you've only got so many mums plant. I think we ordered 316. And when they're gone, they're gone. In that particular case, I knew I couldn't plant too many there because I needed exactly a certain number to do the boulevard. Okay. And it wasn't ready yet, so I can't get too exuberant over Tyler. And Right. I mean, these things have happened. I've <laughs> so you've learned from experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got down at the end of the boulevard and found out I don't have enough to, uh, enough plants. And you just can't go back to the greenhouse and get them because they're grown contract. And okay, we got them and they're gone, and that's yeah. it. How do you plan your implementation planting of the flowers and the annuals? Well, I have a list of the beds. I know what's square footage in each one. Whatever plant is spaced at a certain distance, I know how many by looking at a chart. How many okay. of those particular plants will occupy that much square footage? And so we can order from that and plan from that. But it's different all the time because every if you plant a small plant one year, it's going to be more of them per square foot than is a big plant. Do you find yourself repeating past plans or you do you try to change it up year after year? Well, I'm always trying new ideas, but I don't try them in important places. Like, like, uh, <laughs> like University Boulevard. Right. That one, I just use ones that I know will work and will grow. And I experiment further out. So if it if it bombs, then it's not in public because this is. <laughs> I was going to mention this. It's a little bit scary because, like, speaking in public. Once you put it out there, it's out there, and it's out there for a year. You can't. I mean, you can't in August decide to replant annuals or something like that. No. You you got what you got. Right. So you, you talk about you know you know how much square footage. You have to plant flowers. Right. Like I know it takes about 125 mums to plant the uh, boulevard. How many flowers during an academic year do you and your team plant here at Cedarville University? Any idea? Hundreds and hundreds of summer annuals, probably several thousand. We usually plant about 125 flats of pansies. Okay. Do you put the flowers uh, out by the athletic to form form CU? No, I think that's um, Pete Reese's wife. Where do you get... Flowers for the university. We get them from McClish's Plants Plus in uh, Washington Courthouse. Wonderful people. Been growing the, uh, plants for almost 40 years. And that's real pros. Okay. And I want to say that the pot, people think I do all this stuff. I don't. Right. Nancy McClish designs the hanging baskets and the pots. Does she? And they're pre planted down there and we just pick them up. They're beautiful. Yeah. She does a lot of good things for the university. 
I must, before we get done, let you know that I don't do all this stuff. <laughs> you get a lot of credit for it. I do. Because you're a leader of it. I, I get credit for what God does. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not good, and I have to remember that. I was come, uh, reading in Ezekiel or Isaiah, and uh, God was blessing Israel. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not for you that I'm doing it. It's for my name. And that's what we have here, because a lot of times we should be uh, in trouble. Uh, something should die, or it comes back from the dead nearly in the flowers and stuff like that. But since he's is his school, he's got skin in the game, I, I think I get a lot of help. It's it, you, you could say that lesson for any profession on this campus or anywhere yeah. in the world, uh-huh. because it's all for him anyways. Yeah. And the sooner we realize it's not about us, we, we may think we've done a great job, but it's the Lord who's given us the strength and made things happen, right? That, this place. This this place. Yeah. It, this place is, is, is like a city on a hill. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's great to be on the same train. Yeah. Because it's, it's moving forward for a, for a purpose, and yeah. we're, we're all there for that same purpose. Yeah. So as a person who works and plants flowers and makes campus look beautiful— do you have a favorite season of the year? Well, fall is usually it, but we're a little understaffed right now, so not quite as fun as it usually. What is. makes fall extra special for you? There's there's less pressures. The mums are harder to plant because they're you know you have to use a shovel to plant them rather than right. a little spade or something. But a lot of ways uh, in the fall, uh, there's less demands. The the annuals. Those uh, flowers that have been there all summer are deeply rooted, and they're not quite as fragile. And the weather's usually a little cooler. And it's, I kind of like late summer, late fall. So late summer, then you're preparing for the, the start of the school year. Oh yeah, that's and, a big and deal. Getting started—that's a huge deal, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. every student pretty much drives University Boulevard with their families. Right. Maybe some for the first time. Right. You have an expertise like no other person in this studio today, and that is the gift of knowing what, what may work in certain climates and what looks good in, in certain climates. So we have listeners on the podcast from all over the world. So I'm going to tap into your, your expertise and knowledge base. So what kind of tips can you give us as novice gardeners in our homes, wherever we live? If I was going to recommend one summer annual, mm-hmm. I would recommend Sun Patience, okay. which is a uh, impatient that's been bred to take sun. And it's a huge plant. You can grow two feet high easily. And uh, it would be, it's a no, no-brainer. Okay. Sun Patience. What are some plants maybe to avoid because you, you're, you have a lot of sun? Your regular impatience. That's what we have this year at the uh, DMC Island sign. Okay. But they take daily care, almost daily water, so I would stay away from those kind of things unless you have some shade. Okay, we, we live in Ohio, obviously. Uh, people who are in colder climates, can you plant anything that will last over the winter? Like what are some perennials that you like to carry us through that may give us some color over the winter? Autumn Joy Sedum. I don't know if... Uh, sedum? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a um, perennial. Takes no care. You just cut the dead stalks down in March, and that's it. And that has a brown... The, the seed head turns brown. It's quite large. Yeah, looks like, like a cauliflower. Yeah, 
or broccoli. Broccoli. That's right, broccoli. Yeah, it turns brown in the winter and looks very good in the snow, even though it's not providing color or anything. It's pretty good. Okay. So that's that's a, you can't lose with those. And they take all the sun you want. They never need water. Very good plant. So as we near the end of today's program, I want to thank you for for joining me. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to say whatever you want at the end. But my main last question is this. When, When your day is done at Cedarville, whether that's today, meaning you're going home to after work today and your day is done, or if that means when you finally choose to retire, what do you hope people who work at Cedarville or visit the university think or say because of the work that you and your team have done on a consistent basis? If we uh, did what we could today and the place looks good, that's good enough. And when tomorrow comes, that's good. I uh, I don't have any interest in any lasting legacy. I don't think anything about that. I do know that we're planting trees today that will be here in the future. Like there's a couple Presbyterian trees left. There's one over across from Faith. Okay. And he's aging out. But the trees that we plant today, if the Lord doesn't return, are going to be here for a long time. And I know that many of the things that we I'm looking at today were decisions I made earlier when I— New less, but <laughs> that's how it goes. So are these new trees, are they, will they be real tall trees? Because typically it doesn't seem like Cedarville has really tall trees. Well, Cedarville is growing so fast that the trees can't keep up. Okay. We try to plant a lot of shade trees. Okay. We have planted most of that 150 trees we planted with shade trees. So in it just this thought just came to me as— as we're involved in a $175 million campaign, fundraising campaign, and a lot of it is new buildings, what role does grounds play in the development and the planning of these buildings, primarily because of the flowers and the, and the landscaping? Do you guys have a role or a voice in any of, of uh, these decisions? No, I, I don't think we do. It's important that the grounds look good because if someone is coming here and is considering giving some money to Cedarville because they realize that Cedarville is doing some good things, they've known some students and they're impressed and they want to know more. But if they get here and think that we're doing a poor job with our money, maybe they won't. What have I not asked you that you really want to share with our listeners (laughs) um, in one final farewell? Well, I do pray about those flower beds because I know— if I stop to think about it, it's really pretty crazy because I'm making decisions that affect the appearance of the university. They've given me a lot of freedom. I'm not sure I'd give myself that much. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that God is in it, I think, is what makes it work out pretty good. And that's why you do it. Like I said, it's not for us. It's for what he's doing. Yeah, that's good. For the word of God and testimony of Jesus Christ. How's that for ending? That's a great ending. <laughs> So if you want to see Paul's work in person, let me encourage you to take a trip to Cedarville University soon. Whether you're a prospective student, a, a parent, or just have an interest in seeing a beautiful campus, I, let me encourage you to come visit Cedarville. You can also see various campus photos if you want, if you can't make it to campus, by visiting the cedarville.edu and the website. Paul, thank you for uh, your service to Cedarville, 46 years and counting. Uh, you you make the campus look beautiful, and I'm glad you were part of today's podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. You are encouraged to share, like, and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And be sure to come back next week 
when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory. <laughs>